perfect timing for Mark Mathot coming on because Jacob tweeted in Hazy B. And there's an element I don't really understand about this because we are a Toronto show. Like, we're, we're a Toronto-based show. Mm-hmm. Are we not? We are, right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. So he says, Toronto. I'm a Sens fan who listens every day. Just wanted to point out since a few weeks ago when Hazy B was debating who had been more disappointing, Ottawa or Van, Ottawa has been on fire. Okay. So, Could be the voice of Toronto sports. Please give the Sens some love. And once again, we're a Toronto show. Well, and I'm not changing my opinion on that based yeah, on like a guy two in New York ago. that that they do Yankees like Overdrive New York doesn't give props to the Red Sox. Listen, there's only so much you can do. All right, we have 15 hours a week. We try to fill it. We try to be, you know, as yes, we focus a lot on on the Leafs, on the Raptors, the Blue Jays, what's going on right. in Toronto, and then we span across the country. We spent a lot of time talking about McDavid, the Oilers, Calgary's in big trouble. All right, I'm going to say yeah. that now. If they win 10 in a row, guess what? It doesn't mean at this second they're not in trouble. In 10 games, then I'll say, wow, they've really turned a corner. Uh, last week I said multiple times, very impressed with what Ottawa was doing. But it wasn't me who said the rebuild was over. That was the GM. It wasn't me who kept saying, well, we had the best offseason of any team in the league, and we're going to start going here. That was other analysts, other yeah. pundits. They had a horrible start. They're still outside of the playoffs. I know. It'd be great if they got in for their sake. Go ahead. I'm not rooting and against Ottawa. For anybody that has the take or the approach that all we do is just pump the tires of the Maple Leafs, we've been crapping on them because of what they've been doing for 15 years. Yeah. Like, it's not been all roses. They just started getting good seven years ago. And that's regular season. Good. Yes, right. it's regular season. Yeah. Um, I love the tweets when I first started working at TSN. They were like, "Man, all you do is like pump the tires of the Leafs. You're so Leaf." This I'm like, "Do you know what I had to watch for the first five years of doing this job? Like, are you aware of that? It was nonsense. All we did, like, do you remember the the 25 game segment where they didn't care?" Do you remember yeah, that remember one? It well, and no, now whenever I, I bring up the Horacek era, you guys jump on me because, you know, no, I, Randy I just, Horacek's a great guy. No, I, Peter Horacek. Peter, Peter Horacek. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Shout out. The only thing that chaps my ass is when I was like, yeah, Leo Komarov's a third liner. He's an all-star, people. Like, people lost their was. absolute minds He did go to me. an all-star He did go to the game. all-star game. I understand game that, that but I also said he's a really good third liner. Yes, and, right. and people went nuts in this market about, like, and, and well, all we do is talk about What's in front of us? That's it. You know, you you can't control everything. Listen, when a, a team has a nice run, you got to talk about it because it's topical within the league. And we we are we do talk about the Leafs, but we also talk about the league and the Canadian teams because they are topical and right in front of us. Ottawa, it's They're a great hot. story. They've great won story. five in a row. They can't take a step back playing Chicago tonight. Looking past them, this is a must win for them. They've got to continue to battle along. Absolutely. They've won five in a row. They're one of the hottest teams in the league right now. And, you know, Buffalo's there in the race as well. You look at the standings, you know, statistically, the Islanders are four points up, but they've played three more games in Ottawa, four more than Buffalo. Like, the Islanders are in for a fight. Pittsburgh's in for a fight. 
Florida, yeah. Washington. We've known that for quite some time. Ottawa has found a way to get back in. Good for them. You know, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, it was not the case. That's the beauty of a long season. And listen, we'll find out where they end up. I'm still not convinced that they have enough time to jump over all these teams, that they're going to win every single night and get in. But they've found consistency. I think bringing in Chikrin is going to add a boost to that room, should make them feel good. I've I've seen some people suggest maybe Tampa's in trouble because they've lost – five in a row i think we need to relax a little oh, bit that yeah. buffalo and, relax and on the are idea. on the heels of tampa now yeah and relax on the idea that john cooper one of the top two or three best coaches in hockey he lost the room or whatever saying oh nice response after you called out the star players yeah, but it's that's a tough the, back-to-back going down to Carolina, and they got spanked. End of story. Yeah, but that's idiot's narrative. Like, coaches lost the room. None of none of these people that say that have ever been in a dressing room, ever. Like, ever. And they, But they oh, the guys lost. John Cooper has not lost that room whatsoever. Jamie, I, but I, I will say this. You can still have a thought or an opinion about that, not by being in a dressing room, but if you think that, it's a dumb take. Well, it's I a think, dumb take. Yeah, well, I think what Cooper is trying to do here is spark the response that the three years are behind them, right? Like it, it. He's trying to come to life for the stretch run here to get rock and come playoff time, and right. he, you know he sits Stamkos, Kucherov, point. Then they get smoked. They sat down for a period. Like those guys are grizzled. That veterans. wasn't a shit. That wasn't uh, a shift. That was no, a period it was a period, all. which is substantial, but it wasn't and, like and, one of them got and, healthy and, scratched or something. And I, and I got a text saying, "Did did the coach come out and apologize to them afterwards too?" <laughs> he didn't well, do that. That's the difference between this market and that. And, and right. understandably, Toronto is you know a hundred right. times bigger of a hockey market and way more of an attention. But also because the Leafs have not won a playoff round in eighteen years, and the Tampa Bay Lightning have been to three straight cup finals. Naturally, I think people are going to breathe a little bit differently and have a different approach. But that's all. I think Cooper is just trying to trigger this kind of new era response. Like, you can't live off the past three years. we got to start from scratch here. And he's trying to poke and prod. His team's struggling right now. And uh, to chat about it, we're joined now by our TSN hockey analyst out in Ottawa. See, we do Ottawa. We love Ottawa. Here's Mark Mathot joining us on the Maple Toyota Hotline. What's happening, Mark? Not much, Hazy. I, I wanted to tell Noodles something because he wasn't there the last time I came on. And, and Noodles, Oda called me soft on the Uh-oh. last episode that I came on with you guys. Well, he called me a fraud, but I kind of keep basically the same thing. And all Dude, things, I never I said this, that. Look, I got this nasty head cold, like brutal. I got it from Regina, I think. And yeah. uh, But I could have canceled 10 minutes ago. I could have canceled an hour ago. But I'm here, and I'm battling through it. So I just felt like I had to clear the air there. That's a There's, grinder right yeah, there. You were There's carving not... the people on the plane, too. You were like, people were farting and sneezing <laughs> on this on this plane, and it was disgusting. And I had to breathe through it, but I'm alive. Like you just, <laughs> like you were with Rambo on one of his missions. <laughs> Have you guys ever flown an Air Canada Rouge flight? Like I love, uh, don't get me wrong, I'm not chirping Air Canada, but they're tight, man. And, uh, and I'm a big guy. 
Yeah, well, it is. I know what you're talking about. I've, I've flown with Tyson Nash, and his nose just sucks up all the oxygen in the plane, so there's, there's nothing for everybody else's. So, honestly, those planes can get tight, especially like a little commuter going into Regina. Uh, yeah. You know, the planes aren't the biggest planes in the world. So, yes, there is yeah. some, some breathing issues, I can imagine. For sure, for sure. Right. Well, listen, Cal Ripken on the line. We love it, man, battling through and yeah. making sure he does the hit. But we, <laughs> we were talking about this Tampa Bay situation um, where, you know, the Stars are getting benched for a game and or for a period, then they go to Carolina, they get crushed, and they're 0-4-1 in the last five. Like, what's your what's your read on what, what Cooper's trying to accomplish here? And are you a believer that these guys are just going to snap out of it anyway and the regular season just is not – not valuable enough for them because they've been through it all the last three years well it's hard to you know, i heard the tail end of that conversation it's, it's hard to write them off because you know you just get that sensation coming into this stretch especially into the spring where you think they're just going to turn it up because they played a lot of hockey i don't know what other conversation you had about the team but like when you go the stretch that distance for how many years consecutively it wears on you as a player and they've got some players that have been through the ringer now you know, through that through that time period. So for me, am I really that surprised? I mean, at some point, you'd think it was a matter of time where they'd start to regress a little bit. They're still obviously an excellent hockey club, especially if they're healthy. And Kucherov is going to do his thing. We all know him. He's kind of kind of looks like he's out to lunch at times on the ice, and then he'll just figure it out and you know make a couple of incredible plays. But you know, the way that Coop's been handling and all that, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like his message is getting old because he's an incredible coach, so I'm not even going to go there. I can't, I can't imagine that he's lost the room. I think it's just you've got a group where, you know, you're, some of these players, like even like Stammer and Point, like they've played so much, and you have to think at some point that you're going to burn out a little bit. And, I mean, we're not in the room. We don't know what's going on, but we do know they have a ton of great leadership. They made some great moves. I love Tanner Jadot. I think he's fantastic, especially for an energy player. Uh, but then you saw the other night, Hedman goes down, looks like he gets injured there on that one play after taking a hit. So for me, it's just like that's just wear and tear. And I, I don't know if they've lost the room or if they're not. They're tuning out Cooper or not. I, I can't imagine they're doing that. But, um, yeah, it's perplexing a little bit, but it's helping out Ottawa. If they can catch up, that would be great too. Well, they're not possibly going to catch Tampa, though, Matt. No, like, we have to be real here, Matt. <laughs> this is a real program. Okay. Come on, like we have journalistic integrity here. But okay. it's, it's got to be, a, I mean, an optimistic view today in Ottawa. I mean, they've won five in a row, and they're they're definitely in the wild card race for sure. Yeah, the boys are rolling right now, and I think um, it couldn't happen at a better time. I mean, I mean, it's amazing how much the fans here are just like reinvigorated and engaged again. And, and it's the talk of the town and all that kind of coincides with bringing in Jacob Chikrin, which, you know, was, was a masterclass job from Pierre Dorian to bring him in. He was patient, waited, and we all, you know, myself included, we just assumed there was really nothing that was going to happen because I don't think a lot of people peg Ottawa for being a buyer, obviously, but Chikrin fits the bill. He's got term left and he's from, he's got family ties here in the area. So um, they're just they're playing real good hockey. They're getting good scoring now from some deaf players. They're starting to chip in and like players like Matthew Joseph, even Derek Broussard, and some of the other third or fourth line guys are, are, are putting up some points. So mix that in with some pretty good goaltending from Sogard, and you know they're, they're doing well. So I know they haven't played the best teams. I mean they absolutely owned Detroit in that back to back. I'm sure you guys sort of followed that a little bit. Oh but yeah. There's their schedule though. Their schedule. 
doesn't do them any favors moving forward. They're going to be playing some pretty good teams now. So you got the West Swing, a couple games against Carolina. You got the Avs going to be coming into town at some point. So um, I think people are just happy that they're in the mix, you know, and um, anything beyond that is just bonus at this point. Matthew, if you take a look back at, at this team and the way that they've been playing now, you know, people have asked me, and I circle two things. The injury to Talbot at the start of the year, the first five weeks, you you know, you, you're forced to yep. run Anton Forsberg. And then the other one is Josh Norris' injury from, from game two. Like, if they yep. would have had a little bit better, and I know in hindsight all these teams that miss the playoffs will circle one or two things and go, okay, that was the difference. Um, do you really feel like the, the start and maybe losing key players, you throw in on, Anton Zub in there as well? who missed a big part of uh, the season. Yeah. You throw the injuries and maybe inconsistencies to start the season, the reason why they, if they do miss, that would be it? Well, you would think, and, and good teams just find a way, even if there are injuries. So I don't like using right. that as an excuse, right? And yeah. I know you guys know that, but but when we're talking the number, the number one center, Josh Norris, right? And he's not only offensive and could potentially put up 40 goals, he's pretty sound defensively. And then, so you lose him for most of the season. Artem Zub in and out of the lineup most of the year, who is essentially their only real good stay-at-home defenseman on the team. And then, you know, it just that compounds. But I, I think for me, it's just the team's just slowly gotten better, and they're, they're still growing. And that's, an, that's another thing. I mean, the, the team grows from, from that young core. They're learning. And having a player like Claude Giroux around, Derek Broussard, um, that certainly helps, and they're learning a ton from those guys. And then the emergence of Jake Sanderson. Like, you, you've watched him a ton, Noodles. Like, how good has he been? So you have all those little pieces that are slowly kind of coming in now at the right time. And I always thought Zaitsev was a mess here in Ottawa. I don't like bashing players. It, it hurts me to do that. But, like, that was just a mess. And he was up and down the lineup. They had him up on the top pairing with Thomas Shabbat. Shabbat, who was playing, you know, close to 30 minutes on some nights, that was an anchor that he was playing with. So you get rid of him. And you bring in Jacob Chikrin now, and it just levels off that back end. So I really like where the team's heading. I, I you know, you could have, would have, should I guess, if you look at the start of the season. There's not much you could do about that now, but really promising to me, at least looking forward into next year. And as I mentioned earlier, if they can make the postseason this year, just by chance, if things just sort of go their way and the stars align, then they're it's fantastic. And, and I know that uh, the organization and the fan base will be really excited about that. So a lot of good stuff to look forward to. Meth, I know you went with Jason Strudwick and bought a Marner jersey with him, and you guys wear them all the time. What do you think of the Leafs transactions, just as far as all the stuff that you used to bring to the table, you know, intangibles, grit? Do you, do you like what they did? Well, I like McCabe. Like, I know we talked about Achari last time I came on and O'Reilly, and those. I, even Achari, I put a lot of emphasis on him. Those guys, and you guys know this, like, when you're playing in those big playoff games, with all the emphasis on your top lines, when you know like you're zeroing in on Matthews or Martin or whoever, and they maybe get snake bitten a little bit, you need your depth guys to pull through for you. So I, I like what I like what Kyle Dubas did there, and um, I, I don't mind what he did on the back end either. Got a couple extra bodies, and certainly with the struggles that you're starting to see a little bit with Riley, we talked about him a little bit last time when I came on, and I know he's been taking a lot of heat lately online, but I mean for now. You've got good depth, and, and I think that's all you really need at this point. I know people are probably panicking a little with some of these injuries that you're facing at the moment, but I don't see the re- any reason to. You know, I mean, even with Tavares, like being day-to-day potentially O'Reilly, big deal. It's going to hurt you down the middle a little bit, sure, temporarily, but 
you're still a playoff team. You're still going to get O'Reilly in the postseason. So, uh, to me, Toronto's still in a really good spot. My only concern, and I'm sure you guys will probably shoot it down right away, is still going to be the goaltending a little bit. But well, that's what that, I wanted to ask you, Meth. In yeah. your heart of hearts, what do you think the likelihood of Matt Murray getting being healthy come the start of the playoffs and being able to perform at the same time? Those two oh. things put together. Just uh, give me your honest like answer. I, I don't – well, honestly, I don't trust it. You know, and, I, and that's not me being a troll. I know in Ottawa and I could be hard on the fan base there, but uh, for me, I would say no. I don't trust him. I would be praying that Samsonov just figures it out here in these last, what, 19 or 20 games that you guys have left, and then you have him just take the ball and roll with it. But Noodles is your, your resident expert in goal. He would know way more than I would. But just having seen Matt Murray in Ottawa quite a bit, right when you thought or when you would think – Things started kind of moving along, and things are good. Then he'd either get injured or just lay an egg. So that would be my really hard, sobering assessment. But, again, it's like, who knows at this point? He's just very unpredictable. And that, that, make, that to me, is unsettling. The fact that he's unpredictable and we're even having this conversation right now. Yeah, and I don't expect it will change. He, even if he plays and stays healthy and stays consistent, I, I think the last few years have taught everyone you kind of have to be prepared for that next injury or that next Agreed. absence from Matt Murray, and that's just right. where we are. Um, and you mentioned Morgan Riley, and, and he is taking a lot of heat. And and I oh, think yeah. a lot of it is deserved criticism. He is not playing well. Like, he's on for a lot of goals against. I think it's gone, it swung too far, you know, the opposite way, where, where people are really yeah. freaking out, some people thinking, you know, run him out of town. I think that's crazy right now. But as a defenseman, if you're, his, if you're on, on his right side, like if you're paired with Riley – are you aware of that? Like, are you aware that he's struggling? Are you aware that he's taking heat? And if so, does that, how does that factor into the pairing? You know, the guy on the well, other side of the ice. Of course, yeah. Of course, it's it, you're going to be aware of it because you're eating minuses with him, right? And and, and it's it's going to affect your game. Uh, so you know, when we went through some stretches when I was playing with Carlson, and we would struggle occasionally. I mean, it would it would affect one another. If I was off my game, you know, I'd hear about it. I'd get to the bench. And he'd tell me to wake up or whatever it was. Like, we'd have some very heated battles at times when we were playing together. And, you know, it was to the point where I'd have to be like, just keeping my mouth shut because I'm worried about a camera catching it or something, you know. So I think in this case, um, you know, I, I, I've been watching a little bit lately. And a big one for me just seems like there's a little bit, like the mobility has lacked a little bit. And maybe some of the decision-making where he's trying to do too much, kind of like what Thomas Shabbat was going through in Ottawa, but I know that the analytics, like the underlying numbers with him, like the eye test tells the story, but so do the analytics. And that's the scary part. It's like he really is struggling at the moment. So you've got to get him out of that funk. Now, you can't bury him or take him out of the lineup. But you need him running here, going into that playoff with a head of steam. You can't be burying his confidence early on. So it's a very delicate thing. And when a defenseman is struggling, it's, it's magnified, right? Because the goals are popping in right behind you. Everyone notices uh, because you're basically that last line of defense, but, you know, before your goaltender. So I feel for him. I know he's a real good guy. I played with him at the World Championships. Really nice um, guy that you want to play for. But, um, you know, it's, you're in win-now mode in Toronto, and, you know, you can't be worried about hurting someone's feelings if things are going well. You have to send a message. So I don't envy, uh, you know, Sheldon Keefe's position. That's really tough to be in because, you know, he's one of your star guys that have been there for so long. So only really, only he knows how to really manage him accordingly. But something's got to give eventually because, you know, the time's running out here. 
Yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, the fact of the matter is, when when Riley was out with injury, they they were playing their best hockey. You know, yep. defensively, Giordano and Hall were bringing a lot. Lilligren was bringing a lot. Sandine was moving up and giving minutes. He had Jordy Ben filling in at times. Yep. And, you know, they've, they've got to figure this out. And, and Riley's right. not coming out of the lineup, nor should he, because of who he is and what he's capable of doing. He's never been, you know, Scott Stevens back there. But he's got he's got to supply offense. Like you mentioned Carlson. He very rarely had spurts in his time in Ottawa where he wasn't putting up offense. But I'm sure if it went three or four games where it was off, like that would feel like an eternity, wouldn't it? Like if you're yeah. if you're known as an offensive guy, like that's how Riley can bounce back here. Start filling the net, start supplying offense, start bringing, you know, getting up in the play, and and that's when he's at his best. And if it's not there, man, it it just it's even more glaring. Yeah, you just you he you nailed it right there, Hazy. He just needs a couple of bounces to go his way, right? Like it it, it could be a, an awful looking goal, but if you could just get a stat line where it has at least a one on it and zero, no, no more donuts. I think for me, like even as a stay-at-home guy on defense, anytime I got a point, I got confident right away. And, and, and it couldn't happen at a better time in a game than in the first period. You get that point, maybe a goal or a secondary assist. God knows I didn't provide a ton of primaries. But, but I felt good about myself after, right? So for Riley, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I need to tell him what to do. I mean, he's been around for so long. He's played a ton of hockey. Um, he's just he's in it right now, right? And when you're in one, you start overthinking a little bit, and it's and it's magnified when you're playing in Toronto because you know, God forbid, he's reading the newspapers or he's online, you know, searching his name. I would assume he's not doing that, but um, you know, just just looking at the threads online under some of the posts, I mean, it, people are people are vicious, yep. and they're, they're pretty critical of his play. So you know, it's 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 not fun when you're in that position as a player. But you're really the only guy that can get out of it is by doing what you just said, jumping up in the play, just trying to get a lucky goal here and there, and all of a sudden your confidence starts to build again. So I'm not really worried about it per se, but it has to happen soon. Just a quick follow-up on that, Matt, too. Don't you think they should put him with a partner he's comfortable with? Like Luke Shen, he shouldn't be playing with Luke Shen. Like I just, I I know that was a nice little sentiment the other night and all of that, but like he – it, to me, he should have a partner he's either familiar with, has chemistry with, and and develop that situation. It might be Brody. Go back to Brody and just because mm. yeah. Brody is stable with him. That's familiarity a lot of times can help break you out of a funk if you have you know a guy what, that – We're in his best years with that uh, Ron Hainsey guy. Mm-hmm. Well, stability. So, you know what? Put him, with, put him with Jake McCabe and let him do his thing. But, Maybe but, that'll uh, bring uh, – uh, I, I don't know. It just, I, you know what? I was a nice story the other night having Luke Shan playing, you know, former team and all of that. But Luke Shan has to play where he's slotted to play, unless you really feel like, hey, we're going to hide Riley on a third pairing and keep him away from yeah. everybody. Cool. I just would rather have him play with somebody who could provide that stability and you have chemistry yep. with. I don't know how you yeah. feel. No, I, I agree. And it, 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 it's like Luke Shan. I mean, what do you say? Like, you know, I watched him a little bit the other night on one of the goals, and he kind of got a little lost around the net. I mean, he's, he's toward the end of his career. I think, I, I think I'm allowed to say that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he's, not, he's not the guy that you're pairing with Morgan Riley. It just doesn't work. Now, I can understand why they did it there, but, yeah, like a player like McCabe, prime example. Now, you need someone. You need, you need the familiarity, of course. That's important because you learn each other's tendencies. Like, you know, with, with, with what I, and I keep bringing up Eric because I played with him a lot, but – like, I knew where he was. When I was going to get a loose puck in the corner, I knew that Eric was going to be right above the hash marks looking to basically another centerman looking to get out of the zone, right? So everything was more automatic. So those, those split seconds that you spend trying to figure out where, you're going to, where your partner is, 
all that is gone when you have a guy that you're familiar with. So, you know, I, whoever Riley's usual partner would be is the guy, obviously, that I would play him with. But anybody who you would consider a cooler, a guy that can play with a little bit of pace, a decent skater, that doesn't try to reinvent the wheel on the back end. I mean, that to me is, that's your partner for Riley, right? Just a guy that's there to protect him, there to be there, that outlet play for him if he's in trouble. And that's it. I wouldn't even go beyond that. But, I mean, again, familiar, familiarity, as you mentioned, Noodles, is very important. But I think for me at this point, it's just he just needs to get luckier for a game. Get, get him a good stat line. Get him out there in good situations where you know he can succeed in. And, uh, you know, not against those top lines per se, but maybe like second and third lines when you have the matchup at home. Get his confidence back, and he'll be rolling again. All right, Mark, we'll leave it there. Thank you for battling through, buddy. We appreciate yeah. it. We'll do it again down the road. <laughs> okay, guys. Thanks for having me. There he is, Mark uh, Mathot, joining us here on the Maple Toyota Hotline. Build your next dream Toyota at Maple Toyota and check out Maple Toyota's pre-owned inventory arriving daily. It's time to Toyota visit mapletoyota.com. Yeah, I would suggest Morgan Riley don't do a Twitter search. Like, people are freaking out. And, and listen, he deserves criticism for his play. He's a pro. He's a big boy. He's been in the league for a long time. He's an important piece. He has to get better. Has to get better. But he has been known, you know, he has hot, he has hot runs and cold runs, and this year has not been an overly consistent year for him. And he's had but, smooth sailing. He hasn't really dealt with any adversity or any backlash, so... He's a pro. He understands it, and he's just got to go through the grind to get through it. There, there's only one way out of it, and you yeah. got to grind. He's got yeah. it. He's, he's like maybe he won't be their number one, like the fine defenseman come playoff time, or by the end of the first series, you may not look back and say, "Wow, he played the most minutes or the most impact." But he mm-hmm. he got to be in the top four, right? Like it can't be. Wow, he was a mess. He, it can't. And I'm always a big believer. I, I never really discussed it with a defenseman, but as a skilled forward who was a power play guy and a one-timer, if it wasn't working for me, I would try to focus on something else, try to be the hardest working guy on the ice and hit every single thing that moved. So maybe for the defensive part, for Morgan Riley being a D-man, forget about lugging the puck off the ice, forget about the points and the quarterbacking the power play and simplify and just say, no one's going to get by me. I'm going to stop every cycle. I'm going to hit every guy. That, my assignments, I'm going to be physical, maybe even overly physical. So it takes the mindset away from the skill game. And then once you do that, maybe it'll take the focus away from it, and it'll flow easier. And he'll get a lucky break and jump into the rush. Just focus on something well, different. You can do that 5 on 5 He's going to get looks on the power play. So you can get points on the power play. Yeah. If you you know put it put it on a tee for Matthews or Marner or Tavares, simple goals, Jamie. Like, Just exactly. tell yourself I'm going to be a plus tonight. Right. No matter and what happens in this game, I'm going to be a plus. And five on five, you just relax. Like you say, simplify your game. And I I still believe he needs to have a partner that can help stabilize too. You know, and 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 somebody who can keep up to the pace and somebody who can be you know a, a real support system. I like. To, well, then sit yeah. him down and ask him who he wants to play with. I think he's yeah. good enough where he deserves that. Hayes, yeah, former true. defenseman, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think possibly you go back to Brody. Um, I, I just wonder what Keith has planned for the playoffs. Like, if you recall last year, it was Brody and Muzzin were kind of the shutdown pair. And I kind of sense he wants to go there again, Brody McCabe, possibly. And then that leaves Riley. He can't play with Justin Hall. It's been a mess when they've played together. So I guess you're looking at Lilligren. It can't be Shen, to your point. Shen's a 6 or a 7, well, playing 12 I, or 13 minutes. That's what I, he is. You're right. Like, And I think Shen, uh, Hall, 
would kind of rotate yeah. you know, in and out for me just based on where you believe they are. Like Lilligren, I think that's why I think it has to be Riley Brody and McCabe and Lilligren and then Giordano and or Shen or Hull. I just could based that. on But you need Morgan Riley to play like a top-pairing defenseman. He's like got to build up whoever he's with. 100% capable of doing. Exactly. Yes, but he's, he's yeah. got to get there. It's amazing what can happen in a week, right? Yeah. You know, they, they come off a great win in Seattle. Matthew scores two, and then the deals start pouring in. And now you look at it. They got, you know, crushed in Edmonton. They lose in Vancouver. O'Reilly's on the long-term IR. He's got a broken finger. We be- They said he'll be back for the playoffs, and there's no reason to believe that won't be the case, right? That yeah. he'll return. He'll be fine. He'll return to wherever he's going to play, and he'll be okay. But Tavares... Not feeling well, but he skates today, but he's already out tomorrow. Something's up there. Like I, I think most people, if you're not feeling well, why would you conclude you're definitely not playing tomorrow? What if you wake up tomorrow and feel 100%, right? Like he, he took a couple of big hits. Maybe it's a load management thing, which they've afforded themselves because they have such a buffer on the playoff situation, right? Not so much on home ice. Tampa's five points back, but you got to give Tavares some time off. You got to give Matthews some time off to reset. Go for it, right? But with O'Reilly out, it's if Tavares is out, O'Reilly's out, Matthews is missing shifts. Like it's a different looking team, yeah. You know, and that's not going to apply to figure it out. But, but you yeah. got to figure it out, and they've yeah. done that to their credit. They've done that. They've had injuries really all year. You know, big guys have been in and out of the lineup, and they found a way to stay consistent. I think they bounce back tomorrow. I would expect that. Raptors in Denver tonight. Jack Armstrong will join us. We'll start teeing that up. We'll get his take on Jokic going for a three-peat MVP. John Morant, is this guy trying to throw his career away? What is he doing? It's just every day there's something else with this guy. So we'll catch up with Jack a little bit later. There's more today? Well, I mean, no. What else did you need other than the Instagram and the The gun? Yeah, strip club video with the gun? Yeah. You don't think think that's enough? That's probably enough to get us through a week before we need another John Morant story. (laughs) Exactly. It just doesn't stop with this guy. So. Jack on that and more still to come. Overdrive continues. TSN 1050 and on TSN 2. Here we go. Rich Eisen. Very reputable man within NFL circles. Very, very reputable. He was in Indy, right? The whole NFL world was in Indianapolis for the Combine. And I guess Rich Eisen saying, Tom Brady might not be done after all. Keep your eyes peeled on Miami. That's what the big buzz is at the Combine. That old Tom Brady may not be done after all. What? And this took, what, two weeks? Two weeks for a reputable rumor to start that TB12 is still sniffing around the National Football League. Look, I know he's got connections to the owner in Miami because of the Michigan. Mm-hmm. The Michigan connection. He sat on the beach and he cried. So what? That doesn't mean anything sitting on the beach and forcing it When you do that, you mean it. He's coming back. He's coming back. He's got the itch. He's not doing anything. He's is he single? Are they back together? I've been dug in. I don't think so, man. I think Giselle is. I think Giselle's in a good place. Yeah, I think Giselle is. uh, She's moving and shaking. I'll bet you five hundred. He doesn't play football ever again. Sure, I'll take that bet. Yes! I'll take that bet. Why not? Because, listen, 
if he be honest here, if he came back, would you actually be surprised, dude? You know what I be, a, be honest. About, listen answer to me the for question. A no, no, I, I, answer no, the no. question. I, you you got to listen to interrogation. This. Interrogation. You know, <laughs> you know what I've realized about this injury, and I love Rich Eisen. He's a personal friend of mine. Is he? He is. Hmm. Sometimes people like to blurt out that rumor. You know what for? For clicks and to bring attention for their show. Because no, why would Rich Eisen – have you heard yeah, it from he, Schefter? Have you heard it from Rappaport? Have well, you heard what, it from anybody what else? What does that have to do with anything? Have Rich you Eisen, heard it from Schefter? Eisen is just saying he was at the Combine, and people around the NFL are saying – and you know why they're connecting it to Miami is because most people thought that's where Brady wanted to go anyway, right? and they didn't. And now because of Tua – his concussions, there is concerns that Tua may not, you know, be a Oh, so Brady's going to go in there and wait and see what Tua's all about if he's healthy enough to play next year? You well, think maybe, Tua maybe likes Miami that? moves. Maybe, maybe Miami moves on Tua and goes, bring in TB. Bring You're going to move away from Tua Tagovailoa after what he did last year. Concussions. For Tom Brady? Yes. You know, ruthless. No, he's 48! Of, <laughs> of course they would. He's 45. He's, he's still at 45. It doesn't no, matter. he's not 45. He's been 45 for eight years. He's at least 47 years old. <laughs> it does feel like he's been Dude. 45 for yes. a long time. Yes. You know, it does feel like he's been 45. It's like opposite he is of dog 45. Years. He will be 46 in August. He's not okay. playing, dude. He was crying on the beach. It means but something. But then why did he say, tell Fox, I'll start in 24? Why, why, why is he just saying, you know what, I'm going to take a year off? Why keep that one little? Do you know how many season? how many stupid things we say per week? Do you yeah, think Rich lot. Eisen goes yes. a lot? Do you think <laughs> Rich Eisen goes on his show and says, "Ah, oh, there it is, Hazy B up there in Toronto"? Well, oh, but I'm dog, not at the new. combine. I'm not connected in the NFL. I did hear from someone who may or may not be connected. That, you know, maybe Gronk is someone you keep your eye on. Maybe Gronk is still sniffing around. Could there be a connection, Gronk, TV, 12? I don't know. I'd still say that it, if it were Jerry's percentage, I'd be 20%. But I was 10% when he retired. You guys were you were yeah. 100%, 0%. He'll never play. 100%, 0%. I, I left, play, I left the door outrageous. open. I left the door open. Yes, he did, Noodles. Just a, I, a squeak. Yes. His buddy that his buddy that got caught gambling. Does he going to have to wear a body cam all year long? Or Calvin Ridley? It? Yes. <laughs> no. I mean that he's reinstated, and this yes. guy was betting on NFL football. He that guy will be under a microscope. Probably he got traded. He's in Jacksonville now. That so would be awesome. Though going to a good team. <laughs> it's a, it's weird though the NFL. Like they're so in bed with gambling. They're so synonymous with gambling. Right. And I think Calvin Ridley. I don't remember the exact details of what he – like, he was betting on the NFL, I but I don't believe in, he was betting he, on his I own team. I believe he was injured to begin with. Yeah, and I don't think he was playing, and I don't think he was betting on his own team even. So but little because Pete Rose. A little bit of a – although Pete Rose was betting that his own team would win. <laughs> that was different. <laughs> Pete always claimed, I didn't bet we'd lose. Yeah. I bet we'd win. Sure which, you didn't. You knew that he – Of course. Like, if you're, the, a, if you're a gambler now. and you're really gambling you, – if you know your team sucks, you got Kikuchi on the mound. You're, you're you know, you, you know what you're doing. And don't Although Kikuchi's you can rolling make now. adjustments in a game when you're the manager to help the process. Well, that's the thing. You Absolutely. Can, but that's where if you have been busted gambling on your own team, like people will think like you make a mistake out there. It's like God, oh, that guy did that on purpose because he bet the under or he bet the over or you know like that's yeah, he's never gonna get. 
underneath from underneath that umbrella. That's ever. probably true. JP telling me that it, I guess he did bet on his own team. Did he? Oh, I don't remember no. that. I don't think he was playing, and oh. maybe it was for them to win, and it was out of state. There was something about him, like he he was in Florida or something. I don't know where he was, but. Anyway, listen, Ridley got suspended. He was out for a long time. He's been reinstated. You are right that the eyes are going to be on him. And like with Pete Rose, even if he was betting on his team to win, he, he probably would have been doing some things that were strange, you know, like bringing yeah. the closer in who, who had already, you know, three days <laughs> pitching. It's like, it's supposed to be an off day, Pete. He's like, I need you, man. Yeah. You got to come out. <laughs> like, you got to give me like 25 pitches here. I need you. Yeah. You know, we're in the hole here. We got to close this out. Um but anyway, on the, on the baseball front, you know, late last week it came out that Vladi had hurt his knee, and it sounds like he's going to be okay. But that's kind of the story of Toronto sports right now, isn't it, right? With O'Reilly injured, Tavares, you know, not feeling well, banged up, whatever that is. The Leafs are never going to be 100% transparent. Now Vladi banged up. At least with Vladi, it's in the spring, and they're not that yeah. close to opening day. Why can't day, they do the baseball classic, like, before spring training? Like, if you guys really want to have the baseball classic, it it, it it's like – the World Cups of the summer, the Canada Cups, that was before training camps, I believe. It's like, it's do all, it. Yeah, it's all about building up arms. Like, that's really yeah. what it is. You, you can't start from scratch and throw heat and, and throw innings. It's about allowing the pitchers and catchers to build up stamina and get some hacks in, get kind of in the rhythm of things. But Vladdy's not going there anyway. He's out Good. of the WBC. Wow. Yeah, and if you're injured, you can't go. I mean, it's that easy. But by all accounts, he'll... He'll be fine. Um, and also the the news that this was a lock, Jose Bautista going up into the level of excellence this year. And I'm curious if any of the other guys from that era have a chance. Like if the only guys I can think of would be Edwin, who was here for quite some time. Really good. I don't think he gets to that Donaldson's level. Donaldson's got to go up there. Yeah, I was going to say Donaldson. Donaldson, no, but it's about term, right? Like he had 15 and 16 where he was so good, Dude, and then the wheels yourself. fell off. Winning an MVP puts you up there. I'm sorry. You'd put him and in the level of excellence? For winning an MVP in Major League Baseball? Absolutely. It's just like um, the statues. You don't want to do statues, so what are you, where are you with level of excellence? Yeah. Level of excellence, you know, it, it's... Um... Kawhi Leonard deserves a statue. No, he deserves level of excellence. <laughs> <laughs> Every team has something different. The Jays are trying to be unique with the level of excellence. As what does that even to... mean? Like, is, it a, is there a level where they hang out up there? Yeah, like, I don't... well, it's across, like a, 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 the 500 level. Like, on the 500 level, they've got, you know, all the names up there. It's like Beast. The thing is, there's non-players up there. Beaston's up there. Tom Cheek is up there. Um, so, you know, no retired jerseys. Um, yeah, they were. I think they retired Halliday's, and yeah. they. I believe they had retired Alomar's. Although now Alomar's out of the level of excellence, and they've pulled them out. No one's wearing twelve anytime soon, either. I think that's just kind of a quiet retired number. Like we we're not going down that road. Um, but Bautista, you know, he deserves. To, that's that was a formality. Like it was just waiting, waiting for the retirement. Give it a couple of years. Bring him up here. Salute him. And um, yeah. We'll see who else has a chance. And I wonder if a couple of the current guys, they're not thinking end of their career where they could be up there, but how many more years of Lottie being a great player before he is in contention? Is it three more right. years, five more years, seven more years? I you wonder know, how much money Jose Bautista cost himself with that little stunt he pulled at spring training oh, where yeah. he said, I'm done giving discounts because I'm sure there was some type of long-term offer on the table from the Jays 
in some capacity. And then he was kind of like, he signed a one or two year deal, and then mm-hmm. he kind of disappeared. Wasn't it like twenty million he signed? But he asked for like fifty, what, what or something thirty, wasn't it? Didn't yeah. he want five years at thirty because he wanted one hundred fifty million? I just well, remember the comment. I'm tired of. Uh, I'm done with doing hometown discounts. So you're going to pay now? Yeah, and he was and out of the game in two years. He he fought back against those reports. There were reports that that's what he was asking for, and he came back and said that wasn't the case. So, you know, who knows exactly what he was asking for, what they were willing to give him. But I, I don't think there's any doubt, like, at that time, they would have given him a three- or four-year deal at a pretty good amount of money that he did not recoup. Like, he right. did not get it because he played it out. His game fell off. And you're right. They brought him back on an option. And, and remember in September, like, at the, by that time, it was like, you're done. They weren't any good. Remember they pulled them from a live game like they I think it was in the eighth inning or something like they it was yeah. they, they allowed him to kind of have a curtain call on the way out and it was just well known that they weren't picking up the option and he had played himself out of the league effectively that was it but um man he was great Jay he had a great career and he, he without question deserves to be a level of excellence all right Jack Armstrong would join us in 20 minutes, the uh, Raptors went to overtime over the weekend, but they got the win. They get a split in Washington. They're in Denver tonight. Then they go through L.A. They got a tough roadie that continues here. We'll catch up with Jack in about 20 minutes. Overdrive continues, TSN 1050 and on TSN 2. All right, Jack Armstrong from Denver in about 15 minutes. Raptors Nuggets tonight. Graham Dillette will join us in the 6 p.m. hour as well on the Arnie Palmer and start teeing up the uh, Players' Championship this weekend. And uh, I saw a tweet earlier from uh, Carl Ravitch of ESPN tweeting that ESPN had its most watched spring training since 2016. And I'm curious how much of that is the new rules and, like, the pitch clock. How many people are just curious what it's going to look like, how it's going to play out. You know, I I don't think that's sustainable. It's not like you're going to get massive ratings all year because of a pitch clock. What a brilliant play, though, if you're thinking that there's a bunch of viewers that are like, it's too slow-paced. I don't have right. time for it. Maybe they're just on the outside saying, "No, oh, what what does it look like now?" Yeah, kind of brilliant on that on that level. Mm-hmm. Well, they got to stick with it, though. That's the thing. You know how these new rules all of a sudden, and then it kind of goes away, or there's a little bit more leeway as people settle well, into noodles. Them, there's right? already been one game that uh, it was the game deciding play because the, the the pitcher didn't keep up with the clock or whatever, and the run the run came in and it ended the game. It's and wild everyone, because everyone was like, "Man, if that ever happened in a massive playoff game, that yeah, would be it, spicy." It, it applies both ways, right? Like the batters, they they got to. There's no more walking down the line. There's no more, you know. Give me a second here. I'm just adjusting every single thing on my body before I get into the box. Like it's a two way street. And what I'm curious is if they, you know, accumulate the data over the course of the year. They're not going to change it this year. They likely won't change it for a couple of years. But as of right now, if there's no one on base, once the pitcher gets the ball, he's got 15 seconds. If there's someone on base, once he gets the ball, he has 20 seconds. If they realize, you know what, we can shrink this. Like, we could do 10 and 15, or we could do 12 and 17. Like, can you? is there more there that you can accomplish over time? Because the essence of baseball is still there, right? Like, the shift is going to change things, um, you know, as we've seen over the years, the how, when you can make a pitching change, how often you can make a change. There are certain things that they have adjusted over time, but ultimately it's still baseball. Like once the guy's in the box, once the pitcher's set, he's throwing a ball, can he hit it, right? right. Like, and if the ball's in play, it's still baseball. 
But if you can just shave off 10, 15, 20 minutes, that I think can go a long way. Like I, I, I credit too. baseball for – like baseball's been so antiquated for so long – they, they've been resting on their laurels for so long that they're America's pastime, which it's in the name. It's your pastime, right? You got to catch up. You 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 got to you got to shave some some time off. You got to pick up the pace. Yeah, and we've discussed they're it before. Doing it. Everybody now wants everything at their fingertips. Uh, yeah, I don't know if anybody can honestly sit through a. I mean, I can because it's just something about baseball. You get locked into a game. You're like, I'm pot committed to this, and I'm going to do it. But not everyone's like that, man. You want to right. get younger people watching it. It can't be. It can't be a, a painful. That's why the Jays are doing what they're doing at the Rogers Center. They're admitting it. They're saying we're going to build bars for people that just come and party, as a, like as opposed to watching the game. They're encouraging <laughs> people. If you don't want to sit there and watch the whole game, come join us up here. Right? Come hang out in the Corona Lounge or the Bud Light Lounge, whatever it happens to be. And that's yeah. what they're looking for, and, and they're tell- yeah. they're showing their hand. And you- maybe right. a bunch of people end up going there and drinking beers, and it might be a playoff run, it might be a playoff push, but you 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 get a longtime fan just from that. Yeah, like somebody it. starts watching, and they're like, "This is kind of cool. I like baseball, or I like the Jays, or whatever." Well, it and still they- is the best. Like being live at a sporting event, there's still nothing like it. You know, technology is amazing. I. I love HD like everyone else, 4K, sitting at home, flipping around. I love it. But once you get there and you're in the and you're in and amongst, you know, 20,000 people, 30, 40, and there's something on the line, you still you can't replicate that anywhere else. No, and, I don't think yep. you can ret anything, uh, replicate anything professionally done. Whether yeah, exactly. It's a, whether it's a musical, a baseball game, a hockey game, mm-hmm. anything. Yep. Can't it's the people it. industry. No, it is. The, you know, you can talk about chat gpt all you want and ai and all it's still it's people hanging out with people watching people do what they do best that's live events though they'll never Mm -hmm. change i mean you could change your viewing experience but live events being there in person nothing replaces that nothing can replace it exactly six bush light six bud light tall boys (laughs) i love it all right final hour coming up Jack Armstrong will join us. Graham Dillette will join us as well. More on the Leafs and what's going on with them. And we're tracking NFL news. The next week and a half, two weeks is going to be wild. Overdrive continues. TSN 1050 and on TSN 2.